0: This is the Complete Shooter podcast with your hosts Jesse Armistead and the founder of Complete Shooter himself, Kirk Miles. Complete Shooter is dedicated to helping young players reach the next level and achieve all of their basketball dreams. So if you want to know what it takes to be a great player at the high school, college, and professional level, you are in the right place welcome back to another episode of our podcast we have some awesome guests today we've had them on before but we're excited to have them back we have josh sanders and jake miles here with us so welcome guys to the podcast good to be here good to be here thanks so we've got some good stuff to talk about we're excited to have them back the first time we had them on they dropped some good knowledge but we did not have very good equipment and so it's not great to listen to so we wanted to make sure we had them in so you guys can learn from them and learn from their experience so we're excited to have them and as always, I got Kirk here with me, um, got some good stuff to get into today.
1: Yeah,
2: good to be here and good to have these guys here. I'm excited about uh, the things that uh, they're going to be sharing. They're going to be some what I'd call uh, really gold nuggets of uh, knowledge and training. So
0: Absolutely. Before we get any farther though, how's the brackets going?
3: <laughs> well, this year I made, uh, I made a bunch of different brackets. I'm in a diff- different bunch of different pools, so it's kind of the point where I'm just, I'm cheering for one bracket that's good, that go. like, that I have a chance, because there's several that are trash. Nice.
0: Who's <laughs> the winner in your best one? Purdue. Purdue.
2: Purdue? It's Purdue. So, we'll see.
3: I thought I I'll raised blow. you better than that. <laughs> you didn't even put Duke winning.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did in one bracket. The <laughs> other bracket, I put. I Brinley
3: put, 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 my wife, she put Duke, so, and she's in the same, like, money pool,
1: so, you know, there you go. So I'm <laughs> still, <laughs> yeah, still cheering for Duke.
2: Yeah, I'm glad they won on Saturday.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm not quite as lucky as Jake. I filled out one, and I think I'm last in all my groups. But I got Kansas, so still there kind of alive.
0: Yeah, Kansas went in and you're good.
1: Still alive. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm. I think I'm 12th or 13th in mine out of 14. <laughs> <I'm> getting, <laughs> getting destroyed by some sixth graders. <laughs> <laughs> They're like 95% right. Like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> that is so funny. But, but it's been fun to watch. Girls tournament going on as well. There's been some fun games there. Did you guys see the girl that dunked it in the game?
2: I did not and see then,
0: that. Yeah, she blocked a shot, blocked a three-point shot, and then took it down and dunked it. It was pretty sick. That's oh, pretty my word. Oh, wow. so, yeah. How,
2: how tall of a girl is she?
0: I want to say she was like 6'7", six, Oh, so tall girl. Yeah, but yeah. She got I was I was sad
2: to see uh, Caitlin Clark's team get knocked out. Yeah, they just they just didn't get it done. She's been fun to watch. Yeah, for
0: sure. Anyways, state tournament, March Madness, NBA playoffs coming up soon. It's a fun time of year for basketball. So yeah. Good time to be a basketball fan. Better than Christmas
3: it's close that's (laughs) debatable
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's close (laughs) all right so um today we wanted to again we had josh and jake on before and um, they dropped some good stuff so we wanted to kind of go over some of that stuff again but it's been over a year now so we got some new experiences and josh just finished a year playing at weaver state so he's had some more experiences there so should be some really good stuff to get into today um, kind of the main theme as far as what we're talking about today is habits versus skills and how we can really build up our skill set and our basketball technique and helping us be successful so um, before we go farther again um, let's just kind of refresh everybody on who you guys are um, so Josh I'll start with you and since I mentioned you played at Weaver State so tell us a little bit about your
1: basketball experience. Awesome so I went to high school at Davis High I graduated in 2018, went on a church mission to the Philippines, got back about two years ago. So I've spent two seasons up at Weber State. So it's been quite the ride. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Awesome, Jake. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit older. A little
3: older. A little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but yeah, I uh, graduated high school in 2013. Uh, my senior year, we we won state. Uh, then I went on a church mission as well, got back, I spent a year up at Utah State as a walk on redshirt up there. And after that went to Salt Lake Community College, played there for a year and then went up to a school in Montana called Montana Tech, played there for a year and then decided to be done at that point. But it was really fun, it was a good ride, um, a lot of good experiences and, and memories. Awesome.
1: And how long have you guys been involved in training now? So I trained here starting eighth or ninth grade trained throughout high school And then after I graduated high school began training a little bit more as a trainer And then when I got back continued to be a trainer and just have gotten more and more involved with complete shooter
3: Yeah, and I uh, We we don't we didn't when I was younger, you know, like second third grade we didn't have what we have today at complete shooter but we had pieces of what we have today. So been doing that, obviously having um, Kirk as my dad had the, the shooting coach ever since I was you know second grade. Um, but then after that, when my dad started complete shooter, that's when I started like helping out with complete shooter and training. and I was like, in ninth, like I was in ninth grade going into 10th. so it was that summer that was my first summer trying like starting to train other people and stuff like that. And then I've been off and on, you know, training since then.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so these guys have been through it as players yeah. and as trainers, so they've kind of seen both sides of it. Um, Kirk, I know you love bragging on these guys, so what are some thoughts you have on these guys and their careers?
2: Well, the thing that I could say about both these guys that is a common denominator between both of them is their work ethic, how hard they work um you know i think that they pretty much had a ball in their hand uh every day doing something with basketball and not just basketball they also spent time in the gym lifting and getting their bodies in shape and so and it was all all to work and be the best they could be at basketball and these guys achieved both of them achieved really great things and i think they owe it all to their work ethic and so if i would say the common dominant they both have it's and they're both totally complete shooters i mean they they can go to the hole and finish uh they were both 90 plus percent foul shooters in 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 high school um uh, they had tremendous mid-range game, and they were great three-point shooters. Both of them had great distance with their threes, too. I mean, uh, I've co- I coached both of them, and I'd tell both of them, hey, you cross you half court. You know, if you're six, seven feet behind that three-point line and that guy doesn't come out and get you, you pull up and hit that and they both were just excellent three-point shooters Um, so you know they put the work in and they are great example of what a complete shooter is as far as playing the game so
0: I think it's probably fair to say again you've talked about their work ethic that Jake and Josh and myself as well I can throw in there none of us are necessarily genetically gifted right, as far as being six eight, six nine, 6'9", LeBron James, speed, height, strength, you know, um, but because you guys put the work in, right, you're still able to achieve a high level of su- success based on the skill and then developing your athleticism, um, and I think that's what a lot of people forget sometimes, so um, tell us a little bit, Jake, let's start with you. When did you mm-hmm. really start to feel that motivation to, you know, put the work in and really achieve those that high level of success um I mean I know I know Kirk made you play basketball yeah I mean obviously (laughs) I
3: played so I played I started playing organized basketball like comp basketball in second grade and I played a grade up and you know like always played I always like practiced a decent amount throughout the summers and stuff like that but it wasn't probably till I was probably seventh or eighth grade where like I really was like okay like yeah I really Want to be good. Um, and it was my eighth grade year when I was like, okay, when I'm a freshman, <laughs> I want to dress varsity um, and play varsity. That was right. like the goal, right? And, uh, but that's when like those goals kind of came out when I was in eighth grade. But yeah, so it was probably like seventh, eighth grade when I was like, okay, yeah, like I really want this. I want to be good. And because I want to be good, I know I have to put like the time in. Up at that point, it was like, Yeah, I practiced, you know, uh, probably practiced more than a lot of like, you know, third grader, fourth grader, fifth graders out there, but it wasn't like I, it was like religious, I was practicing all the time at that age. Was that kind of the same for
0: you, same period or what?
1: Yeah, kind of the same, just growing up, I felt like I probably practiced more than kids in elementary school or even early on in junior high, but I'd say probably eighth and ninth grade were those Defining times where I was thinking I really want this. I really want to be a great high school player I want to play in college someday, and I think a lot of that just stems off of Disappointments I had like in eighth grade I was a part of a really great team in junior high, but didn't play at all So I worked really hard. I wanted to be our best player in my ninth grade year and then following our ninth grade year again we had a good season we won the championship But then at the end I remember my junior high coach telling me hey don't expect to play varsity or anything in high school don't don't have very high expectations because chances are pretty slim so then I remember from that point on I was I was on a mission to get better and to in a way prove people wrong so I think that was probably the defining moment where I was thinking I really want this I'm gonna work as hard as I can to get it
0: so I think both of you talked about, you kind of saw that there was a a lack of something in your game, right, to where you had these goals that you wanted to reach, but you realized it wasn't going to get there just by having fun, right? I think most kids kind of in that age range, is 7th, 8th grade, ninth grade, um, like we've talked about before, Kirk is kind of when they decide if they're in or not, right? Um, And then there's players who say they're in, and then they try and go in and they don't then there's guys like you that say I'm all in and then you put in the work and kind of reach that level Um, so I think that's really cool that both of you kind of had that experience of setting goals right I
3: think I think both of us Josh probably can say the same thing is we had really really good uh, support systems right like we set out like this is what we want to do and we had really really good support systems from you know family coaches you know teammates whatever it is uh, we had really good support systems for that 100 percent.
0: i think that's been a theme in just about every interview we've done with players is that support system Um, so um, kirk talk talk a little bit about kind of what the change you saw in these guys at kind of that age and the progress you saw from them and what changed to help them go from that decision to being successful
2: yeah I think it all has to do with um, I think what happens to kids and these guys can confirm this but I know it's what happened to me is that I went uh, I had two older brothers and they both played basketball at the high school level and so uh, when I had a brother that was a senior and a junior I was a ninth grader and my two brothers started on the high school team. And I just remember going to the games and seeing the excitement, seeing, you know, and, and then started having a vision of myself being able to play high school ball. And I think that was my my driving motivation, was to be able to play high school ball and in that environment. Uh, And I think both of these guys grew up and went to schools where, you know, you go to Davis High, not a lot of high schools have tons of people come anymore. But if you go to Davis High, they've always got, the stands are are full. If you go to Morgan, uh, where Jake played, Morgan's one of the best places uh, with fan support and that environment. And so for me, it was, you know seeing the environment and wanting to be part of that and i think that's probably the same thing for these two is they saw that environment uh, jake had older brothers that played and so he would went to all the games and and he they do they'd always do a half half uh half time shoot off or something where you could put some money in and then win some money and jake was always in those shooting competitions at halftime at and so just the environment, uh, I think, kind of grabs you and catches you. and then and then, from there, it was like these guys uh, decided they wanted to be good, and like I've always said, that there's nothing more powerful than a made-up mind. So these guys decided they wanted to be good, and from there, they uh, searched out and found places where they could get the training so that they could be good. Now Jake grew up around that so it was easier but Josh started coming like in the 8th grade and then started training with us and and I I was Josh's personal trainer for all that time that he played at Davis and then of course I was Jake's trainer so I was right in the mix with these guys and these guys always did their workouts they put their individual workouts in and that's The bottom line: the difference between the great high school player and the average high school player is the great high school player has done more individual workouts than what the average player has done. The average player is usually down the basement playing video games and on their phones. And the kid that wants to be great, he's in the gym. And that's the diff. I could say that's the thing that both these guys did that they they did. You know, they wanted to play in front of tons of people and have that environment but there's no butts in the seat when you go in the gym by yourself to put your workout in there's nobody clapping for you and I I think when I think about that I think about who the real heroes are or those people that put the work in when there's no butts in the seat right they're just in there and battling and trying to get better so I had such great experiences with both these guys uh, and because of that, it's an additional layer of relationships that I have with them because of being being in the fight with them, right? So it, it's just awesome to be part of it.
0: For sure. Yeah, And I think you hit a good point there that if you want to be successful, you have to enjoy the process as much as the actual game, right? And a lot of people can't get there. Um, So let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, We'll start with you, Josh, and then go to Jake. Um, And you can kind of throw this out generally for other players as well. But when you made that decision, I want to reach this level, what were the skills that you looked at that you needed to improve?
1: So I think specifically it can be different for everyone. But at that point, I wasn't very athletic. I wasn't as strong as I thought I needed to be to play at the next level. And then I also thought I needed to improve a little bit more ball handling wise, kind of all around skills. So I really made it a goal. I made specific goals, whether it was, I need to spend two or three days a week in the weight room. I need to work on this in my individual workouts. So I just think that it's important that every kid either assesses themselves by themselves, Or they have the parent, they have a trainer, and they honestly ask them, what do I need to do to improve? And I think if the trainer and the parent really cares for them, they're gonna tell them honestly. It won't be in a rude way or anything like that, but I think players need to understand that each of their situations is different from another player. So they need to find out those things that that they need to get better at, and they need to find that out as soon as possible because then they'll just have more and more time to work on those specific things and get better.
0: Yeah. What was that first time like with Kirk? First time you went and trained with Kirk, what was that
1: like? It was uncomfortable, <laughs> I'd say. He was telling me, oh, you gotta switch this, you gotta change that, and it felt kind of weird. And at first I was wondering, is this actually gonna help me? Because up to that point, I had decent amount of success. Uh, it was, seemed to be going well. And then kirk was telling me all the stuff that i could improve upon but i eventually i was just like hey okay, i'm gonna trust his wisdom i'm sure he knows more than me especially when it comes to the mechanics of the jump shot and so then i just decided okay i'm gonna dive in i'm gonna work on these things that he told me and it paid off tremendously
0: awesome how about you jake uh for which part <laughs> um what did you look at as far as skills to improve, and how yeah. did you go about reaching yeah. that goal? Same thing
3: is just being really, uh, being very like vulnerable. Cause it's really easy to do the things that you're good at, and and stick to that. Because it's like, yeah, you know, you're you can you know you're good at that thing, and if you do that, you're gonna have success. So it was just getting to a point where it's like, okay, well, <laughs> if I want to be the best, what is what else do I need to be better at, you know? And and then just using working backwards from there just like Josh said and working backwards from like okay if I'm going to be the best the best players always can do this 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 or this right there's they're they're really good if if it's a guard right or a big guy whatever it is but if it's a guard they have really good ball handles right they have good court vision they have you know they're strong with the ball they can score at all levels so just working backwards from there so i was always just pretty much a, a shooter and i could drive and and create you know, for other people, but never really for myself. And so that was, yeah, that was a process. It was just like, okay, well, I know I can shoot, but I need to become a better ball handler. I need to become stronger. I need to become athletic. I need to be able to create my own shot with the ball um, and so on and so forth.
0: That's awesome. Um, Yeah, definitely setting those goals and um, I think breaking it down. And I think a lot of kids get to that same point where it's like, okay, I want to reach this level, but um, I have no idea how to get there, right? so
1: well i'd also like to add jesse that a lot of kids when it comes to athleticism or strength they often make the excuse that it's oh it's purely genetics like i can't jump high i can't run fast it's it's my parents fault right (laughs) which part of it it is genetics but i think you can look at mine and jake's example that if you put in the work you can you can jump higher you can run faster I would say probably both of us when we were in college uh, on a team that's full of really good athletes We were probably top three or four when it came to vertical, right? Yeah, which people looking at me and Jake little kids r- little guys, right? People wouldn't believe that necessarily But I would add that if you work hard at it, you can get better in that aspect as well Like yeah, genetics is
3: a limited a limiting factor, right? Like it can't be but the thing is is people don't people don't develop their to like their potential right and yeah everyone's ceilings may be a little bit different right because of genetics but most of the time when people are saying that it's a cop-out right and they just they haven't spent the time to you know develop to what their potential is right there's what their ceiling is and maybe it's frustration because they've tried and it hasn't worked and different stuff like that but but that's really what it comes down to is just yeah ge- genetics is a limiting factor but no high schooler can honestly say that they've done everything to maximize their genetic potential right, right? it's like they're all really young <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and a lot of times it takes years and years and years right to to get there so
0: yeah for sure and i think going back to that girl that dunked in the tournament, I think you're going to see a lot more girls dunking in the next couple years um, just because I feel like girls, that was never a focus like 10 years ago. Right? yeah, It's all skill, and as you start to get girls that are more dedicated to basketball and full-time, I think there's a lot more that are going to be kind of removing that limiting factor that they put on themselves Yeah, as far as genetics. So I think that's a great point. Yeah,
2: yeah one of the things to add to that is uh, – when Jake was a sophomore, he came to me and said, "Hey, uh, I I come in last all the time when we run ladders. I'm always last. I can't jump, you know. And so anyway, he had like a 21 inch vertical, and then he started doing vertical training. And by the time he was a senior, um, I think he got to a 36 inch vertical." And so that's a big that's a big that's a big jump and I remember telling Josh about this and talking to Josh about what Jake had done to increase his vertical and so uh, Josh did the same thing and Josh increased his vertical a bunch also by putting the work in the weight room and doing some vertical training so and as a senior uh, Jake had some pretty fast kids on his team but he he always came in first when he was a senior when they'd run ladders. And so made it – didn't only help his vertical, it also helped his lateral movements. And so that makes you, that makes you very competitive because when you're – I know when Jake was a senior and same with Josh when he was a senior, they knew that nobody could stop them. When they stepped on that court, they knew they were the best player on the floor. And they knew that they could rise above anybody that's defending them and knock down a shot. And what does that do for a player when they have that kind of confidence? So, and that confidence comes from what? Work ethic. You work your butt off, the better you get, the more confident you become. And so, you know, these guys really put the work in so many different ways, you know, not just shooting. I mean, so many different ways. So...
0: That's uh, the next question I was going to ask and Kurt kind of touched on it already but a lot of times when we talk about vertical and stuff like that kids just automatically think dunking right that's the, the goal of the vert program is being able to dunk which is probably the coolest benefit but probably not the best one so um, tell us a little bit about how working on your vertical and stuff like that helped the other parts of your game Kurt touched on it a little bit already but how did it affect the rest of your game yeah I had a I'm a
3: I'm a like straight jump shooter, right? So I shoot a jump shot, not a set shot. Um, so, just like my dad was saying, shooting a jump shot, I could raise up above people and shoot pretty much any time I wanted. And I knew if I had a certain amount of space, that like doesn't matter if I jump first, they're not get into it. And so that was a huge thing, as well as just the lateral quickness and like my just overall explosiveness. Like my first step um, a lot of that stuff uh, was was increased a lot through through vertical training and and weight training and all this different stuff
1: so for those of you who haven't seen Jake shoot it looks kind of like Jimmer (laughs) (laughs) but he does he elevates like Jimmer does like if you've seen him shoot a three it's kind of similar so but on my side I'd probably say just kind of like Jake mentioned becoming a little more explosive I moved a little bit more a little bit more quickly laterally as well Um, and then obviously rebounding as well which is a big key I felt pretty confident that just about anyone going up for a rebound that I was strong enough and athletic enough that I could get up and go get the ball as well so it plays a ton of different benefits when you get a little bit stronger a little bit more athletic in that way yeah and
0: um, so I helped the staff of Davis when Josh was a senior Um, I wasn't with the varsity team so I didn't really coach him but I was kind of around the program and um, I don't think I ever told you this but um, first thing I noticed when I watched Josh play was just he seemed bouncy right everything he did was bouncy so when he went side to side it looked like as soon as he landed he was able to change direction and go quickly whether that was up into a shot or into another move Um, and so I didn't see the time I didn't see before where that wasn't there but that was one of the first things i noticed when i saw him play as a senior and i think that um, made a huge difference and i don't think i ever saw anybody get close to blocking you so yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um, and, all, and all this stuff too it, it, it's uh something that doesn't get talked about is like
3: doing all this stuff as well helps a lot with like injury prevention yeah um, because like there's a lot of stress in a basketball season and so if you're not putting your body through that stress it's not used to that stress and so therefore you know you have a lot more aches and pains hurt this or that pull put you know pull things or a lot of different things that can happen right but the basketball season is long and it's a lot of stress on your body and so if you're not putting that stress on your body before the season um a lot of times you know if you get into it and then, then that's when you get little injuries or nagging injuries that last yeah. the whole season like never had any issues like that and i
1: don't know if josh did either but i'll speak to that too that i didn't really have any major issues of course rolled ankles things yeah. like that will happen bumps but bruises yeah for sure but i'd say the preparation in the weight room things like that also helped me to stay stay healthy stay durable
0: And what was your guys's weight room routine like I know a lot of players are like going to the weight room and treat it like a football player or a bodybuilder. Um, so what was your focus in the weight room as a basketball player?
1: Yeah. So I had some great trainers, um, in the weight room as well when I was in high school named Mike and Kim shout out to them. Um, but it's a little bit different than a football player I guess would be. So don't so much focus on, Oh, I'm going to max out every week. I'm going to put tons of weight on my body but think of more versatile movements, I'd say, moving side to side, obviously jumping up and down with lighter weights. So I would say don't focus on just reaching your next max, but becoming more fluid with your movements while you're doing different lifts, whatever that may be.
3: Yeah, strength strength doesn't translate to explosiveness. Right? I don't I've never seen a bodybuilder be explosive as John Morant, right? <laughs> yep. You look at John Morant, he definitely doesn't have the body of a bodybuilder, right? It's um, the same thing as, like, Allen Iverson, right? He, he even has, like, come out and said that he never lifted, ever, right? He's He said that the, the weights were too heavy. He's like, he did <laughs> lift practice. ever. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's totally different. It's a totally different approach. Now, there's good things about having strength, right? So it doesn't mean that strength is, like, obsolete. So strength is great. And it can help you be more explosive, but it's all about the way you approach the training as well
0: yeah. um, with your with your strength training. Have you guys heard of Mike G? Uh, I guys. don't think I have. So he was at the conference that Kirk and I went to in October. Um, mm-hmm. And if anybody's interested in, like, strength training that's focused on movement and injury prevention, he's a really good one to look up. And I think kind of what he does is kind of the future of basketball strength training um, because the focus like you i said is more about movement and being versatile and explosive and preventing those injuries and he's really big on those things so um, i would suggest him if you're looking for a online program to do he's a really good one um, and then real quick what vertical programs did you guys use um i've used you i've used a couple, a couple
3: yeah think. but the very first one i did was air alert that was the very very first one i did and that's all plyometrics um, and i did that going into my sophomore year like my freshman sophomore year somewhere around there and uh it's all plyometrics i wouldn't say recommend like that's the best program to do yeah. now with like the knowledge i do have uh, but that was the first one and then i did a program my sophomore year i think it was yeah it's because like my freshman year i think i did earlier my sophomore year uh that summer i did jump manual and then that was you know a mixture of Plyometrics plus weight training, um, a mixture of the two. And i that's where I saw the biggest gains in my vertical was that. Uh, and then on my mission, I did a program called Vert Shock uh, because it's, that was all plyometrics and I didn't have access to a gym on my mission. And so uh, that's what I did on my mission. And then coming home, I was training, I was up at Utah State, so we had the strength trainers up there and they trained us a little bit more of like a football yeah. style. Like our our strength coach was a football strength coach, and so the approach was kind of more that way a little bit. Uh, but so there was really good stuff I took from there. And then after through college, I kind of took a it was a culmination of like the things that I saw that I liked and worked for me, um, plus the strength training that I liked and worked for me, and it kind of kind of put that together like hybrid. We'll going from there.
1: Yeah, I can't quite remember the specific programs I went through. Throughout high school, I worked out at, at a place called Core in Layton, and they did a variety of different things, plyos, weights, and then kind of the same thing on my mission, too. I did a specific program that was plyometrics, because I also didn't have access to a gym. Um, can't remember the, what the program was called, Those it was tons of jump rope, just lateral movement, things like that. So, I would also say that if anyone's listening to this podcast and they think that they lack the resources to do this, they don't have the money to, to pay for a trainer or membership or wherever, you can also work on things without weights or without any equipment. Um, I also learned, like up at Weber State, a lot of it has to do with your mobility, st- like stretching as well, kind of like what we touched on earlier. So, really, you can find ways to get better wherever you're at, even if you lack a weight room or any fancy equipment like that, yeah, for sure. And I think, Kirk, did you have something you wanted
0: to add?
2: Yeah, I I never did any uh, when I played. There was just none of this stuff around like there is today. So it's kind well of fun even to even
3: um, with like my brothers, right? Like Daniel, Steven also your sons, yeah. right? <laughs> there there wasn't really when they were around. There yeah. wasn't really anything like that either.
0: I was gonna say like. I graduated in 13 as well and I feel like that's when online stuff started to kind of gain traction and yeah now there's thousands yeah hundreds of programs you can find and um, one that I really like is PJF and yeah I like He's got stuff. one that's like 70 bucks and you get lifetime access yeah. um, no weights it's all body weight so um, there's definitely options out there if you can't afford a personal trainer or um, something like that but um, as we we've gone through and talked about the athletic part of it and the skills part of it you guys have mentioned with just about everything in the coaching just basketball as well that there's somebody there to kind of point the way right you guys weren't doing it alone and you weren't just kind of making it up right and you said like once you went through a bunch of programs then you could kind of make your own thing and find what works best but um, what was the importance for you guys of having that support system and having people to kind of be mentors and guide you along the way yeah I,
3: I think that I mean the probably one of the biggest things was to with it was just someone to keep you accountable as well um, but you know that you know, I always knew that I had you know my brothers my dad and different stuff like that if if I had questions or uh, was wondering how to do a certain you know thing or I could pick their brains and you know, we could kind of start like brainstorm together how to come to a solution for something. But on top of that, like I said, just like the accountability of it of like they knew my goals and they wanted to see me succeed as well. And so, you know, if I went space of time, which I don't really think I ever did, but if I went in a space of time where I wasn't doing things to get hit those goals, like I would
1: hear it from them, you know. Yeah, I just add on that just mentors, coaches, support system, whatever it may be, that they keep you accountable. They're also honest with you on things that you need to do. And then they also just build your confidence. So like for me, Kirk was a huge asset, junior high and high school. He kept me accountable, making sure I was doing my workouts at home. But he also built my confidence quite a bit. Whenever I'd go train with him, it was Josh, you're the best shooter in the county, in the state, whatever it may be, he was always building my confidence. And then I'd also mention my high school coach, Coach Sims, Jesse Jesse played, yep. played for Coach Sims too, so he knows him. Coach Sims did an awesome job of holding me accountable and also being honest with me with things I need to work on, potential, whatever it may be. So honest coaches and those that build your confidence are key factors to someone's success.
0: So Kirk, what, what do you say when somebody asks, well, I can go to YouTube and learn all these drills and I can go to YouTube and learn these things, or I could buy an online program and learn these things. Um, What do you say to those people as far as why it's better to to come in person and train with somebody?
2: Well, when you do all that stuff on your own, are you looking in a mirror to fix things that need to be fixed? You're not playing in front of a mirror. So you can't, you know, I see so many kids that would just muscle memory in the wrong kind of stuff. And you don't, if you don't train with somebody, uh, you're not getting what you need to get because that person has an eye. You know, I can watch a kid shoot two shots, and I know everything that's wrong with his shot. Everything, after watching him shoot a couple of times, and so you just get you you develop a good trainer is going to develop a trainer's eye, right? So that he can look and see, and then he can tweak, 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 tweak until you got a kid where he's got where he's got perfect shooting form, and and so that's that's important, but not just that kind of thing. Also, uh, being pushed. You know, it's hard for kids to push themselves as hard as they need to push. You know, a lot of kids are practicing, but they're practicing at practice speed. And when you got somebody that you're working with that pushes you harder, then you're going harder, so you're going game speed. So there's a huge difference between uh, getting connected with, with, a, with a great trainer that can help you and or trying to do it all by yourself. And I don't think anybody can, can reach that pinnacle of success by being isolated by themselves. They, they've gotta, gotta have somebody that is gonna increase their vision. The scriptures say, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I think kids, when you're training them, you need to create a vision. They, you can't create your own vision. You, it's hard to expand your own vision. But if you're working with somebody that can expand that vision, so I know like with Jake and with Josh, one of the things that we would talk about, okay, what's your goal for next year? You know, what are you trying to do? You know, Jake wanted to start as a freshman varsity. He ended up starting JV as a freshman. But as a sophomore, he, he started some varsity games and, and had that had that come true. The next year I said, what do you want going into your junior year, you say, well, I want to be first team All-State, or so on and so forth. And so just setting goals like that and creating a vision for them to know what they can shoot for, how good they are, and being real with them, you can help them expand their vision. And I think that's the key to working with somebody, is those kind of things. Those, what would you call those, um, uh. Not thinking of the word I want to use, but there it's kind of like um, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with it. But well, just something to, to just
3: something to add add to that. Like, why why have a trainer? Um, why have like good coaches and different stuff like that? Is if you're like okay, well, I'll just do everything on my own. I'll get the programs myself. I'll train myself. All this different stuff. You have such a, a limited view of of where you stand and trainers train a ton of kids that like your age right and that goes for every single age going up from basically third grade to high school and so like when they come to you and they say like oh what do I need to work on it's like well you know exactly where they stack up against the 30 other seventh graders that you train and now where we coach teams as well it's like the mixture of the two is we, we see a ton of kids. So it's like, okay, well if you want to be the best or you want to be very successful, like we're seeing what everyone else is that's really good at that age. So we know what you need to do and what you need to be better at to get to that point. And you don't get any of that if you're just training by yourself, right? You don't get any of that. And so you may think that you're on the right path and you're doing a really good job, but in all reality,
0: you could be like way behind. Yeah, and especially if you're playing against lesser competition, right? And it seems like you're doing the right things, and then all of a sudden, right? You play somebody that's a little bit higher level, and all of a sudden it's like nothing worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what was all that time for? So I think that's a yeah, that's a really great point. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of the 10,000 hour rule, right? You got to spend 10,000 hours to become a master at something. Um, and a lot of people just leave it at that but part of that ten thousand hours is having a mentor that can kind of like you said kirk expand your vision um, and kind of help you see what you could be
3: and no one no one is above like having a trainer right like Mm -hmm. michael jordan the entire time he was in the nba well i shouldn't say i guess the entire time but uh you know after those years where he was getting beat up by the bad boy pistons right he had tim he went to tim grover tim grover was you know his trainer from then on out, right? And he helped him get to the next level, right? He's all, the same guy trained Kobe, trained Dwayne Wade, right? So it's like the greats have trainers, right. right? The greats are always coachable, and you can't be coachable if you're training by yourself, <laughs> right? right? You have to have a you have to have a coach there, a trainer there to be coachable, right? And all the greats that's they all have that in common, yeah. all of them.
0: for sure. And I think. Kirk talks about this all the time, but um, kids are going to get to where they're going to get, right? They have this level that they'll reach, and as a trainer, our job is just to get them one level higher, right? Um, But you can't get that one level higher without somebody else to kind of point those things out. Um, And that's where a trainer comes in, right? Wherever they're at, our goal is to help them get a level higher, and then they determine the rest. Right? Um, And Again, I think that's a great point with Michael Jordan, and Steph Curry has a trainer right now and yep. they're still working on stuff, right? Um, so having somebody there to, again, push your vision because Steph could say, well, I'm the best shooter ever. I don't need to work on stuff. Right? I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yep. But he's got somebody that he can go to and say, what do I need to work on? Because all those guys believe they can get better, right? right? Like Steph
3: Curry thinks he can shoot better than what he's shooting now, yep. right? And it's all about, yeah, the same principle of just like getting 1% better. Right, one percent better, and if you stack one percent, that uh, ends up being a lot, right? Yeah. If you stack that day in and day out, and you get one percent better, one percent better, one percent better, you know, you have you you can have
0: huge increases. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, talking about, um, let's kind of dive in a little bit, and we'll use your playing experience and your training experience now um, to talk about kind of building habits versus building skills. We went Again, Kirk and I went to a conference in October, and uh, one of the presenters was Michael Lancaster. Um, he does I'm Possible Training, and part of his presentation was talking about building skills and how a lot of coaches and trainers think about it as habits, right? You build this habit so that it just happens automatically and you don't think about it, right? And his approach is kind of building a skill. So habits take <coughs> anywhere from, I don't know, three weeks to months and years to develop and his idea is it's more like riding a bike sometimes right? it takes you about 45 minutes to learn it if you're focused mm. on it and then you have it forever right you don't really ever forget to mm. ride a bike you might need to refresh it a little bit but you have that skill and you can call it up at any moment it's not necessarily a con unconscious thing that happens because you built that habit. Um, so what have you guys seen as far as building habits versus skills in basketball and what are your thoughts on that topic as far as um, the game of basketball goes?
1: Um, that's a really good thought. I would say habits are the most important thing you can get used to or kind of develop in a sense. I was just thinking like me and Jake right now, we have the skill of a great shooter or a great basketball player even. But I'd say for the both of us right now, we don't have the habits of a great basketball player or a great shooter because me and Jake were no longer in the gym every day working on our skills working on becoming a better basketball player so I would just encourage and let people know that there's a difference between like being a good player versus being a good player as a habit so like you see a lot of kids that work out or they practice They don't go very hard. It's half speed. They don't really take it very seriously, which develops into really bad habits and it hurts their skills. But if a player develops the habit of working hard and going 100% when they're practicing, that's a great habit. And it's going to become even more and more important as they get better. So building habits, huge key in developing your skills and keeping your skills, right? Just like I mentioned earlier, you can't become a great player, Become a great shooter, and then just say, "Oh, I'm done. I've hit where I want to be." But it's important to continually keep those habits and keep going.
3: Yeah, the habits. The habits is like, is the work ethic, right? The habits is the work ethic. The the things that you are kind of like your non-negotiables, right? That you you know that you always do, whether that's I'm gonna go shoot for an hour, hour and a half. I'm gonna hit the gym right? When I'm in practice, I'm going to go a hundred percent. Right. Those are the, like the habits that are like, that's work ethic. You could, you know, they're synonyms, right? Yeah. Really. And yeah, the skill part is where, where you really have to like pick apart, like, okay, like what skills do I lack? Right. And that's where I we kind of talk about earlier, There's certain skills I lack, whether that's, you know, certain ball handling, um, you know, you know, to create space on your own and doing different stuff like that. Those are the skills that you can, you can work on it. And, and to this day, right. Just like Josh was saying, like once you pick up those skills, like I can go in the gym and I can do a lot of those things. I can't do it to the, the best of my ability anymore. Right. Cause right. I'm not, I don't have Needs the a refresh. Yes. I don't have the, uh, the physical part of, of what I used to have, you know? Um, but like the skill wise, the ball handling, it does come back. It is like riding a bike yeah but yeah the the habits part is is where the work ethic is
0: so Kirk where do you view those two things as far as basketball development goes
2: well skills are things that are like you know as far as ball handling goes and being able to be a good ball handler being able to have good handles different finishes. The yeah, different game. finishes, sure, yeah. different just things that um, it's going to take the effort and the work ethic to get those things to happen and to break down different parts of the game so that you can say, okay, this is what I got to get good at. This is what I got to get good at, so that you're and and you know, you know when you play, when you play and you play against the better competition you play against you're going to see your deficiencies your deficiencies are going to be glaring and so the the more competition that you play that the the better competition you play is um uh, is going to help you i know my dad would always say to me look you got to always play kids don't be going and playing kids that are not all that good that you can that you can really beat because that's, that, that, that's, that's giving you false hope. He'd say to me, you got to play kids that are as good as you or better. So you got to go look for that. you got to try to get kids. And, you know, my two older brothers were always better than me, so I was always playing them. And it would just show my deficiencies and what I needed to work on. And so I think that's important principle of finding out where your weaknesses are is go play kids that are better than you. And then that, that'll show you what you need to work on.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, li- I like throwing out this question to uh, people that have been in kind of the training industry um, and had a career as well. You have a kid come in for the very first time. They have zero basketball experience. And they ask, where do I start? What would you guys tell them?
3: That's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, probably, probably just, just putting the ball in their hands and just like, look, just go out and, and for, however long, whatever that's a couple of weeks, just like go outside and, and dribble, shoot, and just get used to having the ball in your hands. Do that for thirty minutes a day, you know, whatever it is, twenty minutes a day, ten minutes a day, um, and just get the ball in your hands, right? If they have, if right, if they have no experience. Yeah. Right, because like it's you can't really do a ton of necessarily. If they have zero zero experience, it's really hard to like go through form and teach them good form and yeah. teach them ball handling drills and all sort of stuff. They just, like need to get used to,
1: you know, the ball in their hands. Yeah. So. I think I would agree one hundred percent with Jake. Just give them ball and say, hey, go go play with your friends. Um, give it a couple weeks. Maybe try just some really basic things. Dribble with your right hand, dribble with your left. Try to shoot the ball a little bit. And then after a couple of weeks, they kind of have a little bit better feel for the game. And then you can kind of push them in the right direction. You can guide them a little bit more. That's, that's if they have zero experience at all touching a ball. I mean, I've trained kids that have had very little and they've benefited greatly from just practicing layups or this is how you shoot a free throw or even teaching them the rules basketball right when you shoot it it's two points shoot it behind the three point line it's three points so also d- kind of discussing with them what the game is like like the rules and things like that so they can kind of understand a little bit more how it works yeah.
0: So, Kirk I'll have you answer that too and then I have another question after that
1: I
2: think it's I think it's important to start with um, the basics I would say starting inside out. So with a kid, if you can help a kid be really good and get really good at layups, we have a drill we do called 10-angle layups. So if you can get kids to be good at attacking the basket and doing layups, then they're going to build some confidence, then help them with their shot from 5 feet out, 10 feet out, 15 feet out, and just kind of work from inside out. Uh, Some kids, the first thing they want to do is start shooting threes because that three-point line. Well, for a trainer, that three-point line has changed the game of basketball, but it's also jacked up every second grader's form that's trying to shoot from the three-point line and see if he can make it, and he's developing such bad habits. He's jacked his form up by the time we get him in the third grade or fourth grade, it's an ugly mess, and uh, you know having to refix those things. So I think it's important that kids start from the inside out, not the outside in. That'd be what I would suggest. Right.
0: Yep. Next question, um, <coughs> and I'll have you answer this first, Kirk, and then you guys can throw it in, throw in as well. Um, you have a pro player come to you who seems to be very, very good all around and just says I need to get better but doesn't say anything specifically where do you start with somebody like that
2: well I haven't I haven't trained a lot of pro players Um, I've trained quite a few college players that have been a few have went pro and uh, I think for some I've worked with um, foul shooting has seemed to be the thing that they're the weakest at Right. And so that's something that I've spent a lot of time with some of those players and getting them to be great foul shooters. Uh, sometimes they're, they're uh, They if they've reached that level, they have great work ethic. Right. I mean, they wouldn't have got there if they didn't. But maybe they're not. Maybe there's not drills that have been created for them that really pushes them. Um, we have a we have a spot up drill we do and I've trained some high level college players and so I put them through that spot up drill that we do and it shocks me how how they can't get I, you would think playing at that level that you'd be able to make five five in a row from all those spots that we shoot at and uh, they don't they don't hit they're, they're they're not as consistent, so I think finding things like that that kind of puts them under pressure, then identifies what their weakness is, and that spot-up drill puts pressure on on players, especially when they're good and they think they're good, and then they make three in a row, miss the fourth one. I've seen some, I've seen some college players just grab the ball and kick it into the stands, <laughs> right, and. I wouldn't think that I would ever see that with that level of a player, right? But you got to find things that are going to push them and, and cause maybe some frustration and maybe some things like that that then they can look at it and say, oh, i got to work hard at this and, and help them understand why to work hard at that, right? So I would think that would be the, the big thing with those kind of, those kind of players.
0: How about you guys? Would you feel confident if a pro came to you guys? It was like, what do I work on? Yeah. At that point, um,
3: you know, I kind of talked about like getting 1% better. Um, and like that, that is the case a lot of times for, you know, younger kids is like every day you can get 1% better. Well, at that level, it might not be like a full percent, it might be a quarter of a percent yeah. or a half percent, but you, you can't improve obviously day in and day out. And so, um, if they, if they don't come to you and say, Hey, I, I have, I want to work on this and this, well, yeah, we'll put them through some drills and that should show you some of their weaknesses. And there may be stuff that you can do to help them be more efficient with their shot, right? There may be things that you can do, uh, to raise their consistency, right? A, a tweak here or there, um, that you see that could be a reason why they're maybe not as consistent or different stuff
1: like that. So there's, there's room for improvement at, at every level. Yeah, I would just add. Just to what has already been said, that it's important to get them out of their comfort zone. If someone were to come to me at that level, I'd assess them, then figure out ways I can make them uncomfortable. And then lastly, I think I'd put together a specific plan of what we're going to do week by week, day by day. Because I think players, when they get to a certain level, whether it be college, professional, whatever it may be, I think they get a little, I wouldn't say complacent, but they're not sure what to do that a lot of things they feel like they've mastered or they can't get any better. So finding those things that we know that they can get better at and then putting it into a plan. So that way when they go to the gym, it's not like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at this. But finding those little things that they can get better at every day would be my advice to them if they came to me. For sure. Well,
2: I think just to add one more thing to that is that whenever I went and worked with a high level player I've never I've never went into that that uh, situation and felt intimidated uh, and the reason I don't feel intimidated in that situation is because they are a better player than me but they don't know more than me because I've done not my 10,000 hours I've done my 20,000 hours and so when I go in there and work with those those guys uh, it's it's a matter of kind of like Josh said assessing but then really really uh, getting them to uh, pull off things and do things that they're not haven't done in the past so I think there's a lot of things that you can do that way but that's one thing I
0: wanted to point
2: out cool.
0: well we've been going for an over an hour um, but I do have one last question for you guys we have talked about kind of the skill part of your journey the athletic part of your journey what was the biggest mental key for you to being a mentally tough player and being able to achieve those high levels of success?
3: I'd probably say, uh, like failing. I think that was, that was the biggest thing that is you have to, you have to fail you have to fail a lot, um, to be mentally tough. Cause if it's, everything's obviously easy and, um, you're always winning and different stuff like that, you, never really have to be mentally tough. And so, you know, I think, I think having the failures really helps create that mental toughness. And, it, it, you know, there's a backside of that. You could crumple, too, with, like, failure, failures, and it could, it could go the other way, right? So I think for me, the biggest thing is, like, I know, like, my junior year in high school, I averaged, like, 19, 21 the whole year uh, between there. And uh, I, I know I did crumple whenever teens were, like, really physical with me right and I wasn't mentally tough right and I wasn't mentally tough when I wasn't getting the calls or foul calls and different stuff like that so it was it was that failure of a year and that continued to happen where I was like, okay I knew that was a weakness and so going to the next year it's like I'm gonna get stronger I'm gonna do everything in the off season to combat that but also be very aware of that during the season so like I don't like self-destruct in those those moments right um as well as just being having a lot of opportunities you know uh to be in like tough positions and be in close games and be in all that different stuff also does help a lot with that mental toughness
1: i would second that but the little failures or even the big ones can really make you mentally tougher for me something that comes to mind is growing up i had an older brother too two or three years older than me and Nobody would have seen this but constantly go out in the driveway, play one on one. I remember playing games to a hundred and he would just he would he would he would beat down on me pretty good. And so I'd get frustrated, I'd throw the ball at him just like younger brothers do, right? Throw the ball into the street, hope that doesn't get ran over, right? Which just makes everything worse. And then let's play again, let's play again and it just crumbles, just goes bad, right? So I would just say, when those failures happen, acknowledge why they happened, and then in the future, you gotta tell yourself, okay, when when things go bad, when these situations come up, you have a mental decision to make. You can make it worse, or you can make it better. Obviously, it's tougher to make it better when your team's down 10, on the road, whatever it may be. You need to come together as a team, you need to play harder. So I would just say, acknowledge your failures, learn from them. And then know from that moment on, when those tough situations arise, you're faced with a decision, make the decision to make things better. Don't, don't crumble, but make that decision to get better there.
2: I would just say that both these guys have made the point that, you know, there's got to be a point where, you know, nothing's more powerful than a made-up mind. And you make your mind up that you're not going to get frustrated in a game you're not going to let anybody get in your head you know your mind is like a steel trap and no negatives are getting in and if you make that kind of a, a choice a, a, a decision that that's the player you're going to be then you'll work on that and and when you get when you get frustrated that will come to you and you'll go okay this is where I've got to really be mentally tough right here I got to be mentally tough I got to be mentally tough and and I, I think that you make your mind up you're going to be that way and you're going to be mentally tough and no negatives are getting in, then I think you're really on the road to greatness. Because I heard Grant Hill say one time, he said that his dad used to always tell him that uh, you know 90% of sports is played above your shoulders. And you can have all the physical gifts and have all that physical stuff that you're great at but if your head's messed up then you're going nowhere so you know being able to control your mind and and do those kind of things is a big time key to being great to being a great player so and i think you just have to make your mind up that's what you're going to
0: do and that's a great way to end i don't have anything to add these guys covered it pretty well um so thanks jake thanks josh for being here um really really great stuff this is some this is a podcast I think everyone should listen to two or three times to get everything out of it um, and we appreciate you guys coming in and sharing that knowledge yeah, thanks with us. Yeah
2: thanks for having us thanks Jess you're the man thanks guys for coming in I love these guys uh, they're not one of the great things that you have with uh, helping train people is the relationship you build and these guys are you know of course Jake's my son but Josh
0: is like my son Last
2: and so son. yeah that's it. So it's been great to have him in.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.